0: This morning, do you guys know that I like preaching the Word of God? I really do enjoy the Word, and I do really enjoy bringing it all back to Jesus, to the gospel. And there's always a lot that we can pull when we study the Scriptures. You know, and we can glean from, we can grow in and get to know him more, which is a, a total blessing. And that's why we encourage you guys to be in fellowship, you know, get into the word together. That's why I'm so glad this first John is starting up. I'm glad that the gals are getting together to do Genesis, and they're doing Matthew on Fridays, and the guys are in Acts right now. Our youth group's also doing First John. It's just good to be in the word of God, because it really stirs us up. But I want to encourage you guys, you know, take time to really sit before the Lord, to really listen to Him. I think we are so hurried in life that would you just get to the point. I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but on social media, they purposely have cut their videos super short so people actually will watch them. Because if they're over a minute or so, people won't even bother. And I, I feel like that mindset is kind of taken over our devotion time because we're just in a hurry. Give me a sweet little devotion to do. And sometimes it's just good to take time to slow down, to consider things, to pause. You know, what does this mean? Is Mark read for us this morning out of First John, you know what does it mean that Jesus is our advocate what does it mean he paid for our sins that debt that was owed, what does that mean what an opportunity to get together in fellowship to be able to ask those type of questions to consider his word what a privilege we have this morning to get into a few more uh, accounts here in Matthew chapter 9 as we get to see uh, a couple of people's faith journey Hey, don't you guys love hearing about people's faith journeys? How did you come to know Jesus? Those are one of those. I don't cry a whole lot, but when I hear people's testimonies, that's when I normally cry. I just love how our God works in people's lives, how He gets a hold of them and saves them from just the lies of this life, brings them into eternal life. So this morning, I hope you guys have a handout. We're going to look at two people. Garius, we're going to look at his faith journey. And then there's a woman, a woman's fingers of faith. And then a funeral that failed. I love it. Um, So one of the most important synagogue uh, officers that we read of in the scriptures, uh, the other than uh, the anonymous nobody, but both were uh, about to lose something as we consider these two people this morning. Uh, Garius was about to lose a daughter about 12 years old, um, years 12 years of happiness. Children are a gift from God. And then we're going to have a woman that we're introduced to who's uh, um, t- to lose an affliction that had brought her years 12 years of sorrow. So there's some contrast between these two people that we're going to look at this morning. Now Matthew's uh, account of these is shortened compared to Mark chapter 5 and Luke chapter 8 that give a little longer, different angles uh, to the story. But we're going to pick it up this morning look at, looking at his journey of faith, uh, Jairus in verse 18. So let's take a look here together. While he was saying these things to them, a synagogue official came and bowed down before him, before Jesus, and said, My daughter has just died but come and lay your hand on her and she will live Jesus got up and began to follow him and so did his disciples so this is a faith that prevailed here now we we hear of this man being one of the synagogue officials and i want to give a little bit of history of the synagogue. What's a synagogue, pastor? Okay, I thought they had the, the temple. What's going on? You guys remember 586 B.C.? Okay, The Jewish people okay were taken into captivity. Jerusalem was being attacked. And they were taken to Babylon. So since they couldn't worship in the temple, what did they do? There were a whole lot of Jews that were taken captive. They needed a place to worship. So they built these synagogues all over so they would have a place to go to worship. So it wasn't easy for Jairus to come to Jesus. He definitely would have gotten flack from both the religious leaders and the synagogue leaders of the day. So his position meant that he was in charge of the services that took place in these synagogues. He would assign whoever was to do the reading Uh, of the scriptures that day, and also who was to be in charge of prayer. So he was the overseer of those. He was most likely present in the synagogue. You guys remember when the man had the withered hand and Jesus came to the synagogue and he was healed? He was probably there and saw Jesus do that. So yet Jairus came okay, um, to Jesus. He worshipped Jesus. He prayed to him. And he trusted him. I think that's pretty cool. Because even the best religious family out there can go through sorrows. Okay, He was a religious man. And look what his family was going through. So don't think we're immune to going through it, guys. Just because we're seeking the Lord and living for him. Amen? Amen. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Uh, (laughs) So look at verse 19. So Jesus arose... And followed him. And I want you to watch as Jesus leads uh, Jarius here on this journey of faith. So uh, Jarius, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but his name means whom God enlightens. Pretty cool, right? Would be a good name for a boy. Um, what Jesus. Susan, when's that baby coming? I'm just kidding. You don't have to do. Jarius. <laughs> Any day. Soon. Be praying. Be praying for those guys. Yep. Let us know. Um, so it's neat just to watch Jesus. It's kind of kind of like a dimmer switch. You guys got dimmers at home, you know, where you can set the mood light and it gets a little brighter, brighter. Oh, too bright, turn it down. <laughs> I feel like that's what Jesus is doing with uh, Jairus' heart here. Just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And I want you guys to catch all the things that goes on with his faith journey as we go through these passages this morning. But I want us to put ourselves in Jairus' place for a moment. Okay, I can almost hear him saying my seventh grader is dying, my only daughter. But the healer had agreed to come. It's all good. <laughs> Well, you know, except these crowds that are here in the traffic, we got to get going, right? <laughs> so this multitude, they thronged him, and now there's an interruption that takes place, a delay. This can't be good. Shouldn't I remind him, hey, Jesus, I was here first, okay? We don't have time. You said you'd come, right? Um, <clears throat> maybe not, Okay. Uh, just don't let her die, whatever, just, just, we just got to go, right? So have you had a tragedy like this happen in your lives? One of your kids gets seriously hurt or deathly sick. I bet you would have done anything to have them healed, anything. And I bet that you verbalized to the Lord, me, <laughs> not them, I'll take it. Let it be me. Then you understand a little bit of what that parental love is really like. So although, I think Jarius was probably a tough dude. Okay, I just have in a picture, he he kept everything in line in the synagogue, kept things going right, okay? Even the toughest of men, when it comes to our kids, guys, okay, we're going to melt like butter, aren't we? I mean, that is just, that's the type of love you have for your kid when they're sick. So Jarius, an officer of the synagogue, was no doubt wealthy, but now becomes completely bankrupt. Who cares what you have, right? When it comes to your kids, you'll do anything. You'll give anything. This man is broken, Now we're going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to see this woman, her her fingers of faith. Look at verse 20 here. And a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. And she was saying to herself, if I only touched his garment, I will get well. But Jesus turning and seeing her to her said daughter take courage your faith has made you well and at once the woman was made well i want to consider with you guys this morning her daily pressures how many guys would say you just every single day of your life there's just regular pressures they just never go away you wake up and like oh here we go again I wish I just had one day off, (laughs) you know, just one day free of this stuff or this thing. Okay, I want you guys to consider all that this woman had had, had to deal with as a Jewish woman for 12 years. Physically, most likely this was a chronic uh, menstrual disorder that she had, this flow of blood, which is a difficult condition for any woman in any era. Okay, that's just a hard thing to continually the taxing that it would take on your body physically. And then emotionally, it would have sapped her strength day after day after day. Mentally, it was apparently incurable. Okay, she was at the end of her ropes, she's done everything she could. Okay, nothing's working. Sexually, she couldn't even touch her husband. Think about this. According to the Jewish law, she wouldn't even have been able to touch her husband because of this. Maternally, she could not have children. Domestically, anything she touched was considered unclean. Okay? Uh, no washing the dishes, no sweeping the floor. Well, that's a great thing. For her, I bet you that's, that's what she wanted to do. Just anything. Financially, we're told that she spent all that she had. Okay, It was an incurable disease. Luke chapter 8, verse 43, you can jot that down. It says she had spent all her livelihood on physicians. Everything went to the doctors, trying to get cured, trying to find out what was wrong and how to fix it. All of it was spent. Societally, uh, she defiled everything. Everyone she touched. So, according to Leviticus 15, verses uh, 25 to 27, she was considered unclean because of this flow of blood. And then, spiritually, you know, this woman had a heart for the Lord. Because where did she go? To the Lord, right? Spiritually, she was barred from going to the temple. You can't go and worship. Guys, get a little bit of what this woman was going through. So, this is a great picture of what sin does. I want you to think about this. Because I believe sin, because of sin, we're affected in the same ways. You see, sin is a terrible disease. Would you guys agree? It's terminal, it's a tremendous drain. It takes away our lifeblood. Sin never gives it only takes, it never adds life, it only diminishes. Now I put this in your handout because I've written this in my Bible and it's a great reminder. Sin always takes you farther than you want to go, it will keep you longer than you want to stay, and it will cost you more than you want to spend. Just keep that in mind. But pastor sin's fun for a season! Yeah, that does sound like scripture, doesn't it? But doesn't that scripture go on? It sends destruction, right? It is fun for a season, guys, but it's not worth it. You will reap what you sow. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked, guys. God is not a buzzkill. He's laid out do's and don'ts because he loves us. That's why, and when we do it his way, wow, there are blessings that come. It is good to trust and obey. So, um, Samson's a manly man, and he always comes to mind when I think about what sin does to a person. Uh, He learned at the end of his life, sin will... Find you, blind you, bind you, and grind you. I'm going to share one verse from Samson's life. You guys can jot it down. He was one of the judges, right? Judges chapter 16, verse 21. This would be a great devotion for you guys to do with your children, your grandchildren sometime. Judges 16, 21 says, So the Philistines captured him. Okay? You guys remember that was after Delilah cut off his locks. Um, gouged out his eyes, so that would be the blind, right? He was bound with bronze chains, so binding him. And he was forced to grind grain in prison. That's the grind. And that's what sin does, guys. That's the result of sin. So, let's go back to this woman. Maybe her possible excuses here. She could have used a number of excuses to stay away from Jesus, and I think a lot of people do that today. A lot of people do that. I have a good excuse not to go to church today because the Packers are playing at noon. And my idolatry comes before Jesus. If that convicted you, I'm sorry, but not really. Um, <laughs> I want you guys to listen carefully because you might be using these, okay? Okay. One might be I'm not important enough to ask Jesus for help. I've heard that from a lot of people. I'm just not good enough. Okay, I'm not important enough. I'm not spiritual enough for Jesus. Okay, that's a lie, by the way. Big time lie. Well, Jesus is too busy because he's going with this man Jarius. He's up to this. I don't want to bother him. No. No. Our God's big. He can do it all. He can handle it all, okay? It's never too busy for you. Well, maybe she was like, nothing else has worked, and now, (laughs) you know, why try again? What's the point of keeping, I'm just giving up. How many people have given up? Or maybe the next step was it, especially if it was coming to Jesus, (laughs) right? Um. And then there's that mindset out there. It wasn't right coming to him as a last resort. I know a lot of people do that. Well, I've screwed up my whole life. I did my own thing. You know, it's too late. It's never too late. Okay, we we have the conversation. Do people on their deathbed, if they really, you know, turn to Christ just as about they're about to die, do they really get to go to heaven? Does that really happen? Yeah, guys, it's not about what we do or don't do. <laughs> it's about what he's done. And if you believe in the last second of your life and you turn to Christ, guess what? <laughs> You're going to see him that next second face to face. Okay, That's one of those things that's never too late. But I think something as people get older, they have that pride. Well, I've chosen to believe this or have this worldview or you know, to put my faith in this certain thing my whole life and for me to turn away from that now. That's just pride. Do you guys understand? It's always pride. It doesn't matter if you're young or old or when. Pride is sinful, guys. We need to humble ourselves, receive that gift of grace, of salvation. All right, sidetracked. Back to here. Do you guys understand some of these excuses that she may have been struggling with? Okay, don't allow excuses to keep you from Jesus. Don't. Okay, Satan's good at throwing those darts. Okay, and they're just lies. Stand in truth. So how many of us put off a decision for Christ because it, uh, it wouldn't be fair to come now when all else has failed, but wait, that's what he loves. Okay, do you guys understand that? Heaven rejoices when a sinner repents. Okay? God loves when people come to him. Now, desperation is commonly a prelude to grace. Okay? Or hopelessness is the preface to grace. You guys understand that? I'm experiencing something that I'm calling strong grace because that's the language the Bible uses lately. I've studied grace. Okay? Um, there's a great book, you can jot it down by Chuck Smith, Why Grace Changes Everything. Okay? It's the first book I had ever read in my life. Okay, I couldn't put it down. I finished it in a couple days. It was just, what is this grace of God? There's grace upon grace, and we're going to learn to live in that grace. I encourage you guys study the scriptures, find out what God has to say about His grace, what it does in the life of a believer. Um, but a lot of times we don't receive that grace till we're broken. So she laid all these things aside and came to Jesus. I love it. So her faith. It was weak, timid, and perhaps even superstitious. Well, why would you say that? Look at verse 21, guys. If I only touch her clothes. Doesn't that sound a little superstitious? <laughs> you know? If I only got a paper handkerchief in the mail. <laughs> How many of you guys have got one of those? Okay. Sorry. Faith's not a bad thing. You should have faith. Um, but I love that she, if I only. I'm able to touch his clothes. So maybe she got this from other times when we read in Mark chapter three, verse 10. Mark 3.10. Mark Mark 3.10. Write it down. Mark. Mark. All right. There we go. But it says this, and as many as had afflictions pressed about him to touch him. Okay? So there had been a lot of healings taking place. Maybe that's where she got it from but we see here in verse 22 immediately the f- this fountain of her blood was dried up okay mark chapter 5 verse 29 not just the surface but was really uh the very fountain or the very source of it okay this was a miracle this thing that had cost us flow of blood for 12 years god completely healed it not just the outside if he was Healed. So same with sin in our lives, guys. God doesn't, Jesus doesn't only deal with the particular sins in our lives, but most important, the very foundation, head of the sin, which is what? Our heart. That's where he comes and deals. It's a heart issue. Well, if I just stop doing this, you know, accountability is great. I think it's great to have brothers and sisters you can be real with, that can be praying with you, can lift you up when you fall down but let me tell you what accountability isn't really going to fix the problem because the problem is a heart issue until god really touches your heart and you agree with him that yes sin is bad (laughs) this is wrong it is hurting others it's hurting you You're my dad. You love me. (laughs) I'm doing this and it's hurting me and that hurts you. You guys understand when we believe it it, to a point it hits our heart, that's when change is going to happen. I think that's when God comes in He's able to rearrange our hearts, but our thinking needs to be yes. That's why repentance is huge. Yes, God, I'm turning away from the sin and I'm turning to you. I need help, God. And he is right there. In our hearts, guys, man... We don't have time to discuss the heart. It's just wicked and deceitful above all things, okay? Um, and that's where the Word of God, okay, can penetrate and discern what's really going on. Uh, but back to this lady, okay? Um, Who touched my clothes, Jesus said? Okay, we see that in Mark chapter 5, verse 30. Why did he ask that question? Well, here uh, was a faith touch that reached him. Right through his clothes. You guys all, all heard of dine and dash, right? Okay, how many of you guys have done that? Mark, right before confess your sins before one and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we all know what dine and dash is. Well, this was a failed attempt of heal and dash. Okay, she just wanted to touch and go, right? <laughs> um, but what contact that was made between this believing sufferer and almighty Savior. Think about it. When her dilemma met his desire, this a miracle here occurred. So there's three reasons why Jesus asked, who touched me or my clothes? And We see them in the other co- accounts. But one was really for her sake. He wanted to be more than just a healer to her. He wanted to be her Lord and Savior. Okay? Like, great, (laughs) you touched Jesus. There's more than that. I had an encounter with Jesus. Great, is he your Lord and Savior? That's what matters. Also, he wanted her to look him into his face, feel his tenderness, and to hear his loving words. And guys, you need to catch this. I hope you write this note down in your Bible. She's the only woman to receive the endearing title as daughter in the scriptures. Catch that, guys. A special word was spoken to this woman from the lips of her Savior. So for those around her sake also, think about it. He helped her to share her testimony and thus... Glorifying the Lord. And I think also for Jairus' sake, okay, he needed all the encouragement he could get. His daughter had just died. Just died. Look what Jesus just did. A miracle. So I wonder how many attend church every week and yet fail to touch the hem of Jesus by faith. I just go to church. That's just what I do. Or do you come expecting to touch Jesus, to encounter Him for spiritual blessing, for wholeness, for healing. I want you to also note, <clears throat> both found their answers at the feet of Jesus. We see that in Mark 5, 22 and 23. Where are they at? At the feet of Jesus. A lot of people have a hard time bowing before Him, getting before Him. Oh, we'll do for Jesus all day long. I'll serve. Serve, 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 serve. Do, 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 But that one thing that's needed? (laughs) No, my name's Martha. (laughs) I don't want to be a Mary. Be a Mary, guys. That's what these two did. They came to the feet of Jesus. And it's one thing to throng Him, but it's quite another to trust Him. Augustine said this, flesh presses, faith touches. That just hit me when I read that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the woman represents all of humanity. We are all ill. We have spent all our resources. We have tried all the world's remedies. So we must not fear our faith is too weak, too immature, nor too ignorant. We must fear only one thing, and that is that we let him pass without reaching out. That's the one thing. He's right there. you're going to grab a hold of him, touching him. Now, let's talk about a funeral that failed. I'm going to preface this beforehand. <clears throat> if you guys are at my funeral one day, don't pray for God to bring me back. <laughs> Please, don't. <laughs> Let me be, okay? You guys got it? Okay, good. Verse 23, it says, When Jesus came into the official's house and saw a flute or flute players in the crowd in noisy disorder, he said, Leave, for the girl has not died but is asleep. And they began laughing at him. But when the crowd had been sent out, he entered and he took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And the news spread throughout all that land. So Jairus was doubtless becoming more anxious at this point and disturbed with every passing moment that was ticking by. Come on, Jesus. Okay. So that must have felt like the beginning or the, yeah, just being in the back of you know, an ambulance. I don't know if you guys have ever had that experience. And then slowing down because there's heavy traffic. Like, hey, we got to keep moving. We got to get there. Okay, this is urgent. And then you come to a complete gridlock. We're just stopped. (laughs) What's going on here? We don't have time for conversations. Okay, we got to go. Now, so I bet those words came, those he so greatly feared, The teacher doesn't care about your daughter. If he did, he would have hurried, okay? But the first he had to trust for the healing and now a resurrection. I love this. Um, So Jairus' journey, faith walk continues straight uphill, but now the stage was set for Jesus to perform his first resurrection. This is the first resurrection here. In verse 23, Jesus loved breaking up funeral services. I like that. How many of you guys have been to a funeral that Jesus just crashed in? You know, it's like, wow. People are broken at funerals. They're actually thinking about eternity at a funeral. Okay? And there's been times, I've been in churches, where, whoa, Jesus is here. He's doing something right now. People cannot deny what is happening here. You see some people flipping out, you know? And you're just like, I don't believe in God, but what's happening, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Anyways, um, there were these flute players. I don't want flute players at my funeral either. I hope you guys are taking notes. <laughs> or crowded wailers, okay? You see, back then, even the poorest of a family would be expected to at least have two flute players and one woman hired to wail away, okay? <laughs> that that was just expected that was their culture jesus has the death music halted here the mourners muted i guess the proverb is true that was used for the lady that wraps up at the last 20 minutes of the opera with her song when the fat lady's done singing okay um anyways when the crowd is put out here who comes in jesus i love that i love that Jesus comes in. So it was the Lord's words that made the difference here. It was his words that changed everything. This is why I love studying the word of God. Okay? Just think about this word of faith that was spoken here. Do not be afraid, only believe. We see that in Mark 5.36 and Luke 8.50. Do not be afraid, only believe. And then there's a word of hope that's given in verse 24. Your girl is not dead, but sleeping. She's just taking a nap. Love it. So in eyes of Jesus, death is nothing but sleep, even though it was longer than the ordinary sleep. So wasn't it? Wasn't it a misdiagnosis? Maybe. Maybe she wasn't really dead. Viewing you know viewing her death maybe as temporary. Well, guys, as all believers, it's temporary be absent from the bodies to be present with the lord okay and saint if you have this mindset of i can't wait to get out of here because i want eternal life to begin it's going to be awesome (laughs) can't wait for that you're missing it you have eternal life the second you are born again guys the second we have it now we're to live it now and when we die we're not really dying okay we're just being caught up in the glory All the things that God's put in our heart, the things we long for to finally be with Jesus, yeah, we're going to be. That's why I love what Thessalonians tells us. Comfort one another with these words. Don't be ignorant of it. Okay, The Lord's going to come. And those who have died in Christ, they're just sleeping. (laughs) That's all they're doing. Okay, They're going to be resurrected just like this young gal was. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. The rapture of the church is going to happen, guys. We don't know when. It could be really soon. I believe it's going to be sooner than later. I really do. I'm excited about that. Um, anyways, let's look at another word that he said. Um, there's, this is a word from Jesus that really speaks to his love and also his power. Okay? And we find it in Mark's account, chapter 5, verse 41, where he says, Talitha kumai, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. So unbelief laughs at God's word and faith lays hold of it and experiences the power of God. Talitha kumai, damsel arise. Very tender words from Jesus. Possibly the very words a mother would use on awaking her child in the morning. So what a beautiful blend of this human tenderness here and also we see the divine power of who Jesus is being God here all powerful you know who could raise the dead but God Oh yeah exactly <laughs> you know So wrapping this up this morning there's just a couple lessons that I think need to be learned there's so much in here but this is really what I believe God would have for us here, is that we need to grasp and understand that God doesn't always rescue his people from danger and heal every affliction. Do you guys know that? Okay. We're not word of faithy in this church because we study the Bible. Okay? Uh, we're going to go through it. We're gonna, you're going to go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. Okay? And if you're living for God you're not exempt, you're actually told you're gonna go through it more. (laughs) You're gonna suffer persecution. That's just the way it is in this life. But, it does mean that he holds the ultimate authority and we need never to fear. Okay? That is a lesson we gotta grab a hold of. He's on the throne. He's in control. You know, sometimes he heals, sometimes he doesn't. That's up to him. He has his purposes, his reasons. It's for his glory. Also, in this case, he had compassion on the parents and brought her back from heaven. Okay, maybe you're uh, in a case where Jesus had compassion on your child instead and didn't make her uh, come back to this world. You know, whatever the situation is, no situation in your life is desperate, is so desperate that Jesus can't work. It doesn't matter. Okay, God can always work, no matter what is going on. Um, so, disease, delays, and even death—they're all under His control. Do you guys know that? All under His control. And I hope we grasp the scriptures. I mean, what are we doing? Doing? We're all preparing to die, and then people die and people trip. <laughs> you know, end of the world. What am I going to do now? Well, we should prepare well. Do you guys understand? So when our spouse, when a mom, a dad, one of our children may go before us, that we're not tripping. You know, we know God's in control. He's got it, guys. Not that we can't trip, but when we're tripping, okay, Jesus ain't. <laughs> He's got you. He's got you. I just hope we can prepare better. anyways, No matter what or how depressing your situation may appear, do not be afraid, only believe. I love those words. Do not be afraid, only believe. So you might say, well, it's hot in my incubator. Jesus says, no, (laughs) it's the perfect temperature. You might say, my environment is out of control. Jesus says, hey, I have all under control. You might say, spiritual growth and development hurts. Jesus says, yes, it does. If you're growing in Christ, it's not going to be easy, guys. It's going to hurt at times. But what I'm going to encourage you to do is reach out today and touch Jesus. Don't worry about tomorrow. Reach out today. Touch Jesus. Reach out and trust Jesus. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. I want to close uh, with a man that's known as the Gentleman Saint. Any of you guys know who he is? Francis de Sales. Um, this just hit me and it i think ties into what the lord has brought before us this morning but he he penned these words he says when you are sick offer to christ all your pains your suffering and your listlessness ask him to unite them to those he bore for you obey your doctor take your medicine your food and your remedies for love of God, remembering how your, t- or your tasted gall for love of mankind, or how he tasted gall for the love of mankind, desire to recover, catch this, in order to serve him, but be prepared to suffer on in obedience to his will, and prepare to die when he calls you, that you may be with him and praise His name forever. Pretty short, but to the point. So Father, this morning, uh, we do ask and pray that we would be ready. Lord, whatever would come our way, whatever curveball is thrown at us, God, that we would be able just to continue to cling to You, Jesus. Not to miss You walking by. God, you've promised to be there with us, never to leave us or forsake us. We desire a closer walk with you in our faith journey. I pray that we as a church family would keep encouraging one another to keep going, to go big, Father, to be bold for you, Jesus, to stir one another up, to be praying for one another as we know there's just this crazy war going on. Father, over the souls of men. You've called us to be that salt and light. We want to do that well, Father. And some of us, God, are in that place where we do need healing. Lord, and we would pray in your name that you would heal. that be your will for your glory. God, be, help us to be wise in how we take care of ourselves and our bodies. We want to we be of good service to you, Lord. So we ask, God, just for that wisdom. And we thank you for the examples of this woman and this man that were set before us today. God, great examples of showing just how good you are and how great you are, Lord. We pray that you do great and awesome things in our lives, God. And we ask that you'd help our unbelief. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.